What active ingredients can you combine with retinol? Most things. <laughs> and this is our episode. Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Victoria has wrapped it up really well. <laughs> Welcome back to the Chemist Confessions Podcast. I'm Gloria. I'm Victoria. This is a podcast on all the skincare science we talk about on the daily. Mm-hmm. And today is a meat episode on all things retinol. Hell yeah. I can't believe we've never done this in like all three years we've been doing this podcast. How did we miss this? I feel like we just keep thinking like, oh my God, we talk so much about retinol. Like we talked about this before, <laughs> but we really haven't. So We're so good at content planning. So good. All but right. um, before we get into that, let's open up with some nice words. All right, let's do it. So our first nice words is about our double play retinol product on theme. Um, The title is great product. This person writes, I have been using Chemist Confessions retinol double play since October 2022 and have only this August started a new two. Wow. Great longevity of product. I apply one or two pumps each evening to my face and neck and have noticed a marked improvement in my skin. My marinette lines are plumped and less noticeable. Age-related hyperpigmentation is lessened. Wow. These terms, I'm sorry. They're just like so on point and technical. Yep. I have not experienced any sensitivity or redness with this regular usage. I especially like the efficient packaging, enabling the user to extract the full tube worth of product without wastage. So much fancy packaging prevents efficient extraction of the product, resulting in expensive wastage, and we totally agree. Yep, yeah. so awesome. Of course, we have to put in a double play review um, for the retinal episode. Yep. Next one is, the title is, It's Amazing, and it's about our Aquafix Hydrating Water Gel. Hell yeah. And the review goes, I have acne prone skin, but can also get red and dry. Mm. I started using this as my moisturizer, and while it's not quite enough to keep me from getting flaky, uh, when I'm using the specialist, I've started using it as my serum stem mixed with a specialist and it's incredible. Doesn't clog my pores or make me break out. Doesn't burn like some moisturizers do. And I don't immediately get greasy and oily by the time I get to work. Mm. I love it. And also I love the specialist. <laughs> I have easily congested pores and use a drop of uh, drop or two in the Aquafix once a week as a mask seems to keep my pores clear and smooth and even shrink two spots of sebaceous hyperplasia I have. Again, people with these terms and the technical terms that you guys use, I'm always so blown away. But yay! Yay! So um, for those of you who are new to our brand, Aquafix mm-hmm. is completely water-based. There's no water. Uh, there's no oil. There's no, <laughs> there's no oil at all in the formula. Yeah. Um, like this person says, for those with oily skin, mm-hmm. it might be enough as mm. a as a standalone moisturizer mm. especially under sunscreen which is generally speaking a little oily mm. for someone like me who have dry skin really treat this as your hydrating serum under your moisturizer yeah and if you are oily yeah uh you can follow her recommendations as she also lists that she has oily skin as well but you can even use it sometimes as a standalone moisturizer depending on your climate and mm-hmm. your oily skin scenario yeah i love how experimental our followers are getting yes, you're That's, the best. yes. <laughs> Y'all are our people. All right. Last one. This is about the experiment kit. And for those of you who don't know what this kit is, this is our kit of minis. Um, Mm -hmm. We used to have the box of goodies. Mm -hmm. We had the travel buddy. And now we have the experiment. And the experiment actually gives you a full routine Mm -hmm. that includes our blank slate cleanser as well. So this person writes, the title is Smorgasbord of Samples. Great title. This flight of products is a terrific entry point into the chemist lineup. I dream of packaging that looks like a beer paddle. Actually, we do too. <laughs> that, that sounds, sounds like great. <laughs> There's enough in each sample to give you a feel for textures, scent, interactions with other products, 
and irritation potential without the risks associated with a blind investment. Very analytical. Yeah. Plus, you can choose your treatment option so you get a product tailored to your skin concerns and sensitivity. I chose baby steps, and although my skin has reacted angrily to every single AHA PHA I've tried to use at any concentration or frequency, adding a drop of this into my moisturizer two to three times a week has reversed my previous chemical exfoliation ban. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Very happy with these products, and several full size purchases are forthcoming. Woo! We love this. Again, I feel like the thing of this week's mm. nice words is people get experimental with yeah. their products and really figure out what works for them. Very methodical, I feel mm -hmm. like. Yeah. I love it. And I feel like that's always the point the, of what we want to achieve yeah. with this brand is, you know, we give the power, we want to give the power to the user, yeah. you know, to kind of get that know how to mm. maneuver, get to know your own skin. Totally. So we again, we love all our customers. Um, we highly recommend you guys to check out the reviews for yourself because a lot of them leave their skin type, mm -hmm. their routine. And it's very helpful for those who really are trying to narrow down for their skin scenario. And we don't pay them for it. So <laughs> thank you. Um, otherwise, uh, promo code. Yes. Uh, for all podcast listeners, please use the code podcast ship and get free shipping on any order of any size and works on expedited shipping and maybe stackable. <laughs> so yeah, definitely check out our product and start at the experiment kit if you're not sure what may work for your skin. All right, let's get into the meats. Oh, can't you tell I've been avoiding this? <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the meats. All right, let's go. Retinol. All, All right, right, Gloria, why retinol? Okay, we have to talk about the <laughs> retinoid umbrella. Uh, retinol is just one of many retinoids. Mm. And you might hear the word retinoid and get a little confused as to what it means. Retinoid <laughs> is a family of related compounds um, in the vitamin A family. Mm -hmm. And they actually, they span a couple different categories and different ways you can get them. So Accutane or isotretinoin is the oral uh, prescription that you can get for acne. And tretinoin is kind of that prescription gold standard that you can get mm -hmm. in offices. Mm -hmm. And tretinoin is almost kind of that, that start of how this whole this uh, category of anti-aging gold mm -hmm. standards came about. People who are prescribed tretinoin for their acne noticed that, holy crap, my skin also looks younger, tighter, mm -hmm. brighter, the works. Um, but getting a prescription, depending on where you're at, can be a pain and it might not be right for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's when the industry turned to retinol. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will refer to retinol as OTC. That's not quite technically correct. No. Um, it's a cosmetic. What mm. that means is you won't see the drug facts label. Mm. There's only one um, actually OTC um, retinoid on the market that is adapalin. Uh, adapalin, you might know it as different. Um, and you'll see the drug facts label with 0.1% adapalin on the packaging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But today's focus is going to be about retinol. Um, the reason being is because and, and we should also say the retinal history has been very long. Yes. And through this history, um, a lot has been done also because of the popularity behind mm -hmm. it to optimize it because retinoids in general are not very stable yeah. and has been tested the most. Um, and so because of that and its popularity and how it's been put in so many products now, this is our focus for the meats. We will say that after retinol, there's now a lot of like, you know, third, fourth gen retinoids out there. Brand active yeah, right now, like yeah. a lot of derivatives. And we're going to, we probably won't get into that aspect too much, but we will do a comparison of some of the key ones mm -hmm. to give you guys an idea of how to like 
choose or discern you know what if retinol is right for you yeah yeah so these are one of the most important things about retinol and why we tout it as a gold standard cosmetic mm. form of it is you basically know exactly how it compares to tretinoin yes in terms of um in terms of levels what kind of results you can expect because it's been done multiple yeah. times so we'll go over a couple of clinicals really quickly in this test um retinol i'm just gonna read the bits from the abstract really quickly Retinol has been shown to improve the appearance of photo-damaged skin when applied topically. This is generally considered to be approximately 10 times less potent than tretinoin. Mm. So in this clinical, they um, tested formulations co containing 0.25, 0.5, and 1% retinol. Mm -hmm. And then they tested with a corresponding 0 0.025, 0 0.05, mm. and 0.1% tretinoin. And this is double-blinded, split-phase comparison study that was done for Yes, so this was done for 12 weeks, and basically each group has about 20 people. Mm -hmm. All 20 used, you know, retinol on one side and the, the corresponding tret on the other side. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the 12 weeks, across all parameters, it appears to be on par. Yeah, I think that's a really important highlight to remember, because if you talk about, like, the retinoic acid pathway in skin, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel like, oh, retinol is such a step down from mm -hmm. tretinoin, and I am missing out mm -hmm. on the activity of tretinoin. Um, so I think this paper is really, it's great to remind people of. It's like, you don't always have to push for this, especially if you're not trying to treat acne. I think yeah. that's the thing is like yep. acne and it being prescription, people just have this really high expectation of yep. what tretinoin can do. And I think I did want to mention that this study was actually done by Skin Medica. Mm -hmm. And um, probably the only, if we were to put one asterisk on this is like, Retinol sometimes can be source dependent. Yes. And so that's probably the only thing we would like, if we want to just get really picky on details, that's like just something to keep in mind. But for the most part, I think everyone should find comfort that retinol at these percentages can perform on par. Yep. Yeah. And what we love about retinol and why we kind of tout it still as mm -hmm. um, something that basically like you should start here. Yep is this is not just a one study. There are other studies too. And we'll go over one more that compared it to tretinoin. So this is a different study. Mm. This one is also a 12-week study, mm. double-blinded, and it recruited 45 um, women aged between 35 to 65 to do this study. Mm. What's different about this, this study is they used a step-up protocol mm. where the patients increased the dose of retinol from 0.25 to 0.5 to 1%, mm. or alternatively use a tretinoin cream from 0.025 to 0.05 to 0.1 mm. um, in combination with a test moisturizer. And do, 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 and then they grade their skin based on the severity of photo damage. And so after 12 weeks of use, both the retinal serum and the tretinoin demonstrated on par performance. And um, they, so serums, the retinal serum subjects showed significant improvements by week four in visual skin smoothness mm -hmm. compared to tretinoin. But there, for the retinol serum, they had highly significant improvement in skin dryness, mm -hmm. um, which is not seen in the tretinoin group. Yeah. And they even did like a punch biopsy mm -hmm. to show that in both groups, you see that epidermal thickening associated with all the brand new juicy collagen that you're getting. Yeah. And they actually saw greater epidermal thickening in retinol compared to the tretinoin group. Yeah. We will say, don't jump to the conclusion that this yeah. is saying that tretinoin is not as good as retinol. Totally. Um, we, we just want to reference this paper to show that this comparison has been done multiple times. Mm. And you can draw that conclusion that, okay, retinol can perform yes. like a tretinoin in the anti-aging department. And be less irritating. Yep. I think that's the main takeaway. And it's also why 
I really like to emphasize to people, it's like, you don't have to have tretinoin mm-hmm. to try to get wrinkle reduction. I don't, yeah, for, I, sure. for some reason, I feel like that's just something that people feel like they have to go to a curology or something. Yeah, and brands of curology does make it a little easier to get your hand yeah. on tret, yeah. but definitely don't get FOMO if you feel like, oh, yeah. I already have a great retinal routine. Yeah. Is the next step I'll tretinoin? Not necessarily. Totally. No need for that FOMO. Cool. All right, so that was tretinoin. Yes. We should talk about retinol. Retinol with an A is one of the most popular questions we got in our poll. Yes, and, and I, I understand why, because people, they, they hear about the pathway. They know that it's tretinoin is the direct uh, um, molecule. molecule. It's going to interact with your retinoid receptors, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got retinol, now with an A, and then retinol. So then everyone's like, wait, 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 then we're missing out on retinol to hide. Yep. yep. So uh, we got two questions from a poll. Bobby, Bobby Gilday asked, what is the difference between retinol and retinol, <laughs> which is stronger? And then Delia Adams also asked, is retinol better than retinol? Well, we found a study on this. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a three-month study, so also about 12 weeks. They tested retinol mm. with an A at 0.1% mm. and 0.05%. Mm. And they saw that photo aging improved in both groups. Mm. Great texture improvement, even reduced transepidermal water mm-hmm. loss. And what's funky here is they didn't see a difference between the 0.1 group and 0.05 group. Mm. Uh, but only the 0.1% group significantly improved the melanin index. So that hyperpigmentation finding benefit only mm. comes in at 0.1%. So yeah, that's it. The end. So it's not. So right now, our problem with it is it's theoretically stronger on that scale. Yes. Right. But how does it actually perform compared to retinol, like a side by side comparison, or how does it even compare to your tretinoin? I don't know, man. I don't see anything out there that tested it like that. I gotta be honest. As a chemist, formulator, industry insiders, uh, we think this thing is hella unstable. It's super duper <laughs> unstable and. I don't even see a lot of good data validating yeah. methods to stabilize in formula. Yeah, we will say though, popularity is growing yes. for sure. So I could see that it's going to improve um, as time goes on. But for now, this is kind of why we like to keep the spotlight and recommendation on retinol first, mm-hmm. um, just because it's just been through the ringer for so much longer um but yeah that's just how our feels are right now yeah until something changes based on what we see in the data <laughs> there's just not as many testing there's less testing than even retinal palmitate on retinol. Ah! Uh, anyway uh can of worms oh so but if you do want to try retinol just yeah. know that based on this paper you should still aim for someone with something with a transparent percentage yeah 0.1 seems like a good starting point the yeah, target yeah that's... is it better we don't know yeah it's hard to say yeah but hopefully that gives you an idea of how to approach it yeah all right next one adapling my favorite yeah so we don't talk about dappling a lot no and we did get a question from austin bunny that asked i never see anyone talking about different but isn't it the highest grade retinoid otc uh highest grade is weird retinoid it... otc yes yes it is the only retinoid otc mm. it is approved for acne mm. so then the question that people always ask is well is it also anti-aging mm. but there's a study yep there's a few studies mm. um there is one we found a study that compared a 0.3 percent mm. adapling gel to a tretinoin 0.05 percent cream comparison yes studies. retinol take notes i couldn't even find something <laughs> like this for you so in this study to evaluate whether or not adapting point oh, 0.3% is com, uh, is comparable with tretinoin 0.05%. And based on the retinol study and tret, um, percentage comparison study, we can say this is 
in that neighborhood of 0.5% retinal strength. They, Tested for 24 weeks. Yep. Let me just put it out there. Yeah, so this was actually evaluated for a pretty long time. Mm, awesome. And the result is that both treatments did not differ significantly mm. regarding clinical evaluation for the following criteria. Global cutaneous, photoaging, periorbital wrinkles, nice, um, melanosis, forehead wrinkles. Like pigmentation. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's AK? I don't know. That's why I didn't say anything. <laughs> and AK. And AK. Cut that out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's exciting, but but it's 0.3% adaptable. Yeah. Um, what that means is that means it's a prescription level, um, prescription strength adapalene. You would mm-hmm. need a prescription for that, not uh, something you could buy in a drugstore. So, yeah. Can you? Kind of s- helpful, not yeah. helpful. I don't know. <laughs> and I will say, like, you might think, okay, so that's 0.3. At the drugstore level, it's 0.1. So divided by three, I'm getting like a 0.1% efficacy. <laughs> I don't know. It's that, hard to say. Sadly, we don't have the data for that. Yeah. So it's hard to say. So that's why we don't really talk about adapting in the yeah. realm of like fighting hyperpigmentation or anti aging because. Yeah. We just don't know, especially at the OTC level. Yeah. And I would say, honestly, is there a case? Like if you were thinking about like, you know, working on retinol, ramping it up versus a 0.1% adapalene, I feel like there's not really a necessary case mm-hmm. to choose adapalene. Yeah. I would say because, yeah, you're still in terms of gentleness. I mean, adapalene is supposed to be more gentle than tretinoin, but yeah. is it more gentle than retinol? I would say that's actually, eh, you you're still have a purging onboarding phase. So I don't really see the trade-off to, you know, kind of switch over. For sure. But yeah. we will say different or other uh, adapalene you can get your hands on OTC, still a great option for yeah. acne yes. and a lot more economical than prescription tretinoin. Hell yeah. Also some great data in using in conjunction with BPO we're going to get into acne scarring eventually, I think it's coming up. So, totally. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyways, I had to put that out there. All right. So <gasps> that was a quick run through of the retinoid umbrella. In comparison. Yeah. yeah. So, and why we spend so much time on retinol yeah. specifically. Um, we'll break it up. And then in part two, yeah. we'll finally get into all the ins and outs of retinol and using retinol in your routine. Oh, yeah. All right. Hot time. Do it. I have to give a shout out to my husband who actually submitted this. Oh, I didn't thanks, even Chris. think he paid attention to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, babe, you should talk about this and sends me this NPR link. So that's awesome. We're talking about a company right. in local to us in Glendale, California okay. called the Fire Grazers. Okay. It's a it com- sounds very Chris though. It is very Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a company mm. with 300 very hardworking goats. <laughs> uh, so the fire. <laughs> okay. Anyways. All right. We're taking, we're talking about goats today. Yep. So right, um, let's do it. Glendale, California. Oh, for those of you unfamiliar with California and mm. Southern California specifically, it is dry and we get surprisingly not this year, but yes, yes. And For there's the a lot part. of issues with forest fires of the past. There Wild was a couple fire. years where it was really, really bad. When Gloria first visited me in LA, there was a wildfire literally outside her window that she could see. <laughs> yeah, 
And if you go hiking in、yeah. LA, you will come back very dusty. That's how dry it is,、mm-hmm. and a lot of bushes just look a little crunchy. <laughs> so a little crunchy is putting it very nicely. <laughs> yes. So these like undergrowth, these dry shrubs can catch fire and spread fire、yeah. very easily. Yeah. So in comes the fire grazers. Okay. These goats are working hard, and for those of you who don't know, I think like. There's parts of town I've been trying using goats as like、um, lawnmowers because <laughs>、yes. they can eat. Yes. So they will eat anything, and they're working hard at just minimizing this like dry, dead bushes.、Mm. And I'll just quote the owner of this company. He says it's mind-boggling that they'll even eat, eat star thistle, considering it's so painful to grab. He said. Is that the one with the burrs?、Like、yeah. The little spikes. Yeah, the little spike and like <laughs> actually not little. They don't look very little.、Um, <laughs> Wait, let me just Google what a star thistle looks like. Oh yeah! Oh, we're talking like toothpicks. Yeah, that's something、nice. that if you see on a hike, you're like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. He said it's invasive. It just spreads everywhere. Which I wasn't. I didn't actually know that in、mm. California there are all these invasive invasive plant species that's、mm. making the fire problem worse. It just spreads everywhere, and if you try to weed whack it, you will wind up getting poked in the face and then all over your body. It doesn't look fun. But then the ghosts will just come up and they'll just eat it because it's they think it's delicious. <laughs> nice. Yep. Savory toothpaste. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> It's just pretty to look at. <laughs> yeah. And I find this、uh, stat to be hilarious. The goats can eat up to one acre a day. Wow. Yeah, and、yeah. they have been working with the city since 2018.、Mm. And there's been a fire in this area since、mm. um, every year, with the exception of 2022.、Mm. Um, what I find really oh, here's a picture of the goats <laughs> eating <laughs> away. Goat. <laughs>、um, the owner of Fire Grazer have said that they they're so popular that、mm. now they've been hired by a lot of different towns in the、oh, SoCal area,、awesome. and he's thinking about increasing his goat. Fleet size to nine hundred or so. Wow. Yeah, and、um, what? Yeah, what I find really interesting here doesn't even have anything to do with the goats. They say the city owns about five hundred parcels of land, and with the budget that's allocated to fire prevention, sixty-two thousand dollars plus another fourteen thousand specifically for the goats, they can only afford to clear a fraction of it every year. Wait. Only sixty-two thousand? No, yeah, that's exactly my take. When I read that, I was like, "Did they miss a zero? Like the city of Glendale is not poor, <laughs> and <laughs> one would think fire is a pretty big problem." Wow. Yeah, and only sixty-two thousand. Yeah, fourteen thousand is actually a pretty sizable chunk. Then. Yeah, sixty-two thousand. Like, what、mm. are you hoping to accomplish? That's not even. That's barely one full-time employee to do anything. Like, you're what pulling shrubs by hand、right. every day. You're right. That is、uh, that salary ain't gonna hold. Yeah. So、oh. exactly, that was something that actually made me do a double take. Like, what? That's how much <laughs> Glendale's allocating for fire prevention. I am also every time I hear about goats, I feel more and more impressed,、mm-hmm. and I feel like they are like monsters. Mar- they're like a Marvel Avenger of animals.、Mm-hmm. Like they climb trees, they scream like humans,、mm-hmm. they have stomachs of steel.、Mm-hmm. Like they eat anything,、yeah. they eat all day. What can they not do? You no, know, I think is fascinating is like they do yoga. <laughs> yeah, you can do yoga with them. They do. They do everything. I think it's fascinating because like they don't need a ton of food to survive, but they can eat a ton of food if you let them. <laughs> And we we've the two of us have watched Clarkson Farms. Yeah, they also don't give a shit. <laughs> They're just like the happiest creatures on earth. They'll just kick you over for fun. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Oh yay! The fire grazer. Fire grazer. So、uh, check it out. I feel like they should. Fire grazer is such a good name. Yeah, I love it. And I it. feel like I, at first when I heard, it, I thought it was like one of those、um, 
Harley mm-hmm. bike gang. Yeah. I feel like they'd make a great biking. Anyways. For sure. All right. So check them out. The goats are amazing. Mm-hmm. And um City of Glendale and all these other cities, you can probably spare a little bit more budget to buy yeah. prevention. Just Rent like. some goats. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. All right, it's time. Meet part two. Let's wrap this up. Retinol in your routine. Uh, this is how we're going to do this. <sighs> Victoria's stretching because she's getting ready for this rapid fire session. Okay. We get a lot of questions about this, so we're going to try to address them all in one go. What active ingredients can you combine with retinol? Most things. <laughs> and this is our episode. Thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Victoria has wrapped it up really well. I'm out of here. All right, cool. Hey, we're going to go through a rapid fire style. Victoria, retinol mm. with niacinamide. Fine. <laughs> Wait, I'm getting fired. Um, this is a bueno combination. Niacinamide. Victoria's <laughs> like, you're really going to make me do all the work here. This is actually too rapid fire. Uh, right now, I'm see. Great. Right now, AJ, do Fine. it. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think, okay. Retinol, niacinamide, we like this pairing. Yes. Um, niacinamide, we know it's your barrier helper. Mm-hmm. What better active to pair with your retinol that's um, in some ways can be irritating and kind of, you know, it's bringing all those this new skin cells to the surface. Think of this as your baby skin, you know. So. Rising up yeah Yeah, exactly so having niacinamide to kind of keep your skin happy and keeping that barrier fortified great yes and they've actually been tested specifically (laughs) together um just keep an eye out and do a quick decode most retinol does formulate with niacinamide a lot lot of them do um our double player has two percent niacinamide Mm -hmm. so it's at that it works but lower threshold but just keep an eye out Mm -hmm. so you don't over niacinamide your face yeah next retinol and vitamin c (laughs) (laughs) that's the reaction i was looking for Um, yes retinol has been tested specifically in conjunction Mm. with sap the sodium uh, ascorbyl phosphate form Mm. they kind of look at it as like that combo acne helper oh yeah that makes sense yeah and it's tested really well if you have ascorbic acid there is some people that think about a uh, the ph is a concern because retinol uh, there, there are studies out there that uh, suggest the retinoic receptor work best at a pH, uh, at skin's natural pH of five ish. Mm-hmm. But we would say it's not really a problem. You can always just use ascorbic acid during the day mm-hmm. and use retinol at night. Yeah, but great to have in your general routine. Both um, can bring a lot of um, different benefits. So yeah. Yep. Next, retinol and HA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say this one is definitely takes a little more finagling. Yep. Just because, you know, uh, with retinol's onboarding process, you want to make sure you're kind of balancing these two correctly, especially if you're using a higher strength AHA. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you may feel like they're almost adding to the acclimation phase together yep. and it could worsen. So um, we would say this is something where we would like you guys to be a little bit more strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, pick one as your main focus. Yeah. Um, and if it's going to be retinol, we would say make sure your skin is set up nicely. You understand its behavior and schedule. And then you can start figuring out if you want to add in, maybe take a night off to include in that HA back in. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, the combination give you really great efficacy. Yes, together. Um, yes. They might both feel like they are quote unquote exfoliating mm-hmm. because retinols, one of the retinol side effects is shedding. But the reality is they work on very different pathways. Yeah. So 
they can play well together. But like Victoria said, just like proceed with caution. Yeah. And if you really want to commit to retinol, consider dialing back on your AHAs a little I bit. I was going to say, I think both our skin history experiences mm-hmm. um, might be helpful in that like Gloria was one that grew up in like being the acid queen, I always mm. call her. And I think because of that, your retinol onboarding experience took a lot longer. Painful. <laughs> I shed. I mold. Yeah. yeah. But then for me, I was the opposite where I was like so used to being on retinoids that, you know, it was fine, you know, where I could use retinoid every uh, retinol or adapalene or any of these like an- every day. Mm-hmm. But then if I put in the AHA, my skin would start feeling very unhappy. And so then I think I was able to work in, you know, I do maybe like once a week, the baby steps mask. Mm-hmm. But that's like good enough for me. I don't need anything mm-hmm. more. So hopefully that gives you an idea of how to like think about putting these two together. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Cool. Next, retinol and other acne topicals such as cell acid and benzoyl peroxide. People do it all the time. <laughs> do, do it. Do it. Uh, carefully. Just do it carefully. Yeah. Just know that tretinoin and BPO used uh, to have some drama in terms of BPO yes. causing tretinoin to be again. unstable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has been tested quite a few times that, yeah. you know, like with modern formulation and as our understanding grows, it's not really an issue anymore. Um, retinol has been specifically tested with BPO. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. And it looks like they've even tested retinol in conjunction with BPO. Mm-hmm. Gloria found a clinical that used a combination of 4% of benzoyl peroxide with 0.5% retinol. And there's also 1% mandelic and 1% lactobionic acid, which say, oh, these percentages are kind of mid. Mild, yeah. Yeah, but then anyways, they had patients apply it for 12 weeks twice a day. Mm-hmm. And in terms of results, they did find that this combination was very well tolerated for mild acne. And they, they did see a significant reduction for um, these acne lesions. I do want to always mention, and this is going off topic, is BPO is one of those weird ingredients that for some reason everybody thinks they need 10% when yeah. you don't. Mm-hmm. I think because of rapid wrinkle, um, no, that uh, clean Ethicor? and clear, oh. no, clean and clear, that rapid 10 minute oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, spot reducer. Everyone thinks like you must have 10% mm-hmm. in order for it to work. And I just, I like this paper because it highlights that you actually don't need that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times 10% can be so drying and so irritating. Drying. And it's very off-putting. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people think BPO is so harsh. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I just, I wanted to highlight that here, especially for acne people. Yeah. So if you want anti-aging and treat your acne, definitely a combination you can target. Yeah. Uh, next, retinol. Another reason why people turn to retinol is for hyperpigmentation. Yeah. So what about retinol plus other hyperpigmentation actives such as arbutin, hydroquinone, kojic, transgamic? Fine. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Everyone's just going to hear me be like, fine, fine, fine. fine. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, it's totally yeah. fine. In fact, tretinoin plus hydroquinone is often prescribed together yeah. if you go for some really heavy hitting yeah. um, hyperpigment prescription um, treatment. I um, think it's great. And a lot of times it will end up being necessary for mm-hmm. hyperpigmentation just because if you Remember from our previous episodes, it really takes a clan mm-hmm. um, to tackle hyperpigmentation. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they do, again, work on different pathways. So yeah. by using these things, you're not canceling each other out. You are also, you are adding like a meaningful different class of actors to your routine. So yeah. definitely great. For sure. 
All right, next. Okay, we have to mention this. We got this question a couple times. Uh, Orkinabiric, sorry, I butchered your handle. And also, UKPM23 asks about combining retinol with copper peptide. <gasps> I'm going to channel my inner Victoria. That's fine. <laughs> Actually, and, and not even copper peptide, peptides in general, mm -hmm. it's going to be pretty common to see. Yes. And it makes a lot of sense because a lot of, a lot of peptides are targeted, especially copper peptides targeted towards uh, anti-aging. And it should be fine. Yeah, it's the combination itself isn't inherently mm. bad or anything like that. Mm. Um, some of these ingredients can be fragile. Retinol is unstable. This is where you know you want to just be mindful and choose a brand you do trust to make sure they did their um, did their due diligence to make sure that their active have survived processing. Yeah, That's and it. any testing is very helpful here for sure. Yes. All right. All I right. like this one that you found. Yes. So last but not least, um, we some a couple our original retinal article. Mm -hmm. The title is Retinal: The Tried and True Way of Putting Off Botox. Then when we get questions like, "Wait, so can can I use retinal with Botox treatment?" <laughs> Did not think that would be the next train of thought, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, "All right, let's look into it." And lo and behold, and again, this is why we like retinal so much because yeah. you ask us any questions, we can basically find yeah, a study on almost anything. That's such a good point. Yes. So yeah, take it away. So yeah. Actually, they have looked at retinol in combination with doing Botox. Mm -hmm. And so they actually had a group basically apply this skincare regimen that included retinol for two months mm -hmm. post Botox injection. Um, this is, and they also uh, did put in and say that th there was no touch up injection after one month. Mm -hmm. And they did see that they did a 3D image analysis to show that there was more rapid results after day 10 and enhanced efficacy after month two um, with the addition of retinol. Um, so with that, um, they basically have shown that with injection and the addition of retinol, um, they did see clinical benefits for fine lines and wrinkles and smoothness of the whole face. Um, so it is helpful to use with your Botox. Yeah, so I think the thing to keep in mind is mm. definitely pay attention to how your skin is recovering. I'm sure you'll get instructions from your caretaker. But, uh, Botox downtime should be fairly short. Mm. Um, but if you are careful, if you want to be mindful of not irritating skin post-injection, just, you know, if you get bruising, when that dies down, give it a couple days, then retinol is great. Yeah, so I just wanted to follow up on the protocol. Um, it seems like what they're doing is they are applying this product at night, pretty much right after the injection. Mm -hmm. So that's just some food for thought for those that are thinking about Botox. And then when does the rest of your skincare come in? Yep. All right. Cool. And I guess to wrap up, we have a second round of rapid fire. Okay. Uh, if you're ready to incorporate retinol into your routine, um, here is a quick guide. Yeah. All right. Percentage. Yeah, so if you are absolute beginner, never touch retinol in your life, we want you to look into the 0 0.1 to 0.3% category. If you are trying to uh, graduate from that, you want a little higher strength, 0.5 is fine. And then your absolute max is going to be at 1%. Morning or night? You know, that's honestly, you can use it morning or night. It's really dependent on your routine and what you've got going on. Mm -hmm. For the most part, people do will want to use it at night because you've got a lot of actives and your sunscreen during the daytime. Yep. So that's kind of just how it is. But it's honestly whatever fits best. You just want to use it consistently. Yes. So whatever that's going to take. And that brings us to your next question. How often should you use retinol? 
ramp up how often you use it. Ramp up to daily is the goal. Um, consistency is the key. Yeah. Um, you can use it every other day, and just like when your skin goes through retinization, it well you will still see some improvement. Yeah. But generally speaking, you want to find a percentage where you can use basically nightly. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, Goya, where does it go in your routine? I think we briefly mentioned this, but retinol itself is an oil-based ingredient. You'll often find it in some sort of emulsified cream. Yeah. So it will go after your your hydrating stuff. If you use a toner, a hydrating serum, it will go after that. Yeah. If you have a heavier-duty moisturizer or if you have dry skin, just want something that you know you can rely on for yeah. moisturization, use that after the retinol. For sure. And what about eye area? Um. So... You want to look for products that specifically tested for the eye area. Yep. Retinol is also great for any sort of eye area concerns, but it, they can, it can be really irritating. This is going to be very formula dependent. Um, experiment with it. Make sure it's a formula that doesn't run and most ideally ones that have been tested specifically for it. I also thought of something. A lot of times people will wonder if they can put retinol on their eyelids. Oh, yeah. And we would just like to say maybe don't do this because the skin is so thin around mm-hmm. that area. We've actually, um, it's not fun. Yeah. Uh, if you do end up with irritation and kind of this, you will experience like scaling and, and irritation. So that was one thing I feel like sometimes people get carried away with the retinol around the eye. For sure. And then finally, what I realized we haven't talked at all, and it's the first thing that you deal with with retinol is purging. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a that's a great one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so purging is very normal. Um, it can be anything from flaking, redness, dryness to actual breakouts. And purging, I know generally the timestamp is around, you're probably dealing with it for about four weeks to mm. six weeks. And I can tell you, I think sometimes purging can be a lot longer depending how you're using it. So yeah. if let's say kind of Gloria was saying you really want to work to getting it to like nightly. But if you are someone that's a little bit more like um, uh, you're going at it at a slower pace. So let's say you're on board. You're, you're good enough with doing it every other night. Mm-hmm. I feel like that purging process can be so much longer. Yeah, that's true. And so that was just something I think um, Sometimes it can be really confusing where they feel like, oh, hard caught up. I'm still purging. This means I'm not, it's not working for me. Um, it can be longer yeah. um, and also can be dependent on how aggressive you are with your retinol or retinoids in general. So that was just one thing I did want to add there. It can, can be a little mysterious in the beginning. I, I also want to add that. So on my skin is not very retinol tolerant. Yeah. Right now, I cannot use retinol, but mm-hmm. when I get back on it, I have to acclimate every time. If I yeah. take a pause from retinol, I have yeah. to reacclimate. And usually, and I, and that's such a good point. If you are someone that experienced like irritation from yeah. retinol, where I draw the line, what uh, is shedding? I'm like, whatever, it be what it be. It's gonna shed, and once it's done, it's great. Yeah. Um. But the for me, it's the when the skin experience like painfulness, yeah. like when it's tingly. I definitely wait till that goes away before I keep going or ramp up. Because yep. like sometimes it takes a couple of days for that effect to kick in. Totally. And there was one time I thought, well, I'm doing great with this 0.5. It's time to go to a 0.5. And I think I used, I think it was an Obaji one. Obaji has a pretty reliable line of retinol. Yeah. And I went to their 0.5. First day, feels great. Next two days, I don't feel anything. And I kept using it. And I was like, wow, I think I'm ready for daily. Oh my God, the pain. <laughs> like yeah. ugh, aqua fix felt like I was like burning my skin on yeah. fire and like washing my face was painful. Yeah. Just don't let it get to that point. Yeah. And that actually reminded me of another thing that happens is sometimes when you take a break from, mm-hmm. let even let's say you used to be a tretinoin user and mm-hmm. then you take a break for a long period of time. 
sometimes you, you the expectation is that oh my skin has had that history before it'll be fine for me to get back on track but skin essentially starts from zero yeah and that's really common as well mm -hmm. we're like wait a second i used to use like a 0.1 percent tretinoin like what happened you know and then you're like back down to where you feel like even a 0.5% retinol feels mm -hmm. like a lot. So I just want to put that out there that that's actually can be pretty normal. And that's just how skin is. You know, you kind of just have to work your way back up. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I think that's it. We pretend. We, we did, did the retinol episode finally. Was that helpful? Hopefully it's helpful. Do we sound needy? We're probably <laughs> sounding needy. The end, we're ending every meat podcast with, was that helpful? Yes. Tell us yes, please. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So um, that's it. Let us know if you have more retinal questions. This is a big topic mm. um, that we clearly apparently don't talk about enough. <laughs> so bad. where can our they bad. find us if we have questions? Yes. Yeah, so you can find us at, visit our website at chemistconfessions.com where we include all our blog material there. In our retinol guides um you can reach out to us with questions at info at chemistconfessions.com uh you can dm us at our instagram handle chemist.confessions or just put all your questions in the comments below and we will definitely get to them but otherwise we really hope you enjoy this episode thank you guys see you next week bye